0: Look out here, shot taken, go! Oh, this is This is Dennis and Friends. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis and Friends podcast, a place where I'm going to talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us or what's going on in life and around the world. I am Dennis. I host the show. Welcome to episode number 46. And today is all about the action, of course, at the World Cup. Group C and D played their games today. And it was strange. It was very, very strange. And so I'm very happy that Dawson is back with us after recording with me last night um, to talk through the games with me. Back-to-back appearances from my guy. So we're going to get straight into it this evening. And let's just talk about the big upset off the bat.
1: Get it out of the way. (laughs) Saudi
0: Arabia, beat. Argentina which we both did not think was going to happen what's going on man what's going on yeah what do you what do you think man
1: dude I mean initial thoughts like I think I may have even said it yesterday like they're gonna beat the snot out of them like literally quoted like talking about Argentina obviously like seven to nothing but I mean that was the last thing I was expecting when I woke up this morning seeing that 2-1 I literally I think I stared at it for like two minutes I was just like, what? Like, there's gotta be a mistake. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I mean, you know, you know, I like in watching the highlights too, it's like the whole first half, like it really just looked like Argent like Saudi Arabia was just getting lucky with some of those disallowed goals, all the offside calls. And, and I think that really like kind of crushed Argentina, you know, they're just like, come on, we can't catch a break. And, I mean, you can kind of tell in the second half they're not they're not really pushing that line as much anymore. So I think they were kind of getting cautious with with those offside calls, and that just really kind of you know gave all the mo- mo- momentum towards Saudi Arabia. You know, they had all the freedom to do whatever they wanted to do after that.
0: Yeah, dude, same thing. This morning I, I wake up and I look at my phone. I'm like walking to my room where I have my TVs at. And I'm flipping on the, the seven a.m. game, the the Denmark game, because obviously I didn't wake up at four for the Argentina game. <laughs> so I wake up and I and I look at my phone and I see the score and I, like I was like, I was really struggling to see, but I was able to see enough to score, and that like made me jump, like, yeah, it was like super quiet in our house, I was like, what is happening? Like in like a really loud whisper. Just super shell-shocked at what happened. Um So I was able to watch the game after that, after I woke up. I have another TV, so I was able to kind of ease through that um, without, you know, all the ads and stuff. Yeah. And I thought, you know, man, like, Argentina played well. Like, I thought they played good. Yeah. You know, they just got unlucky. Yeah. Especially after yeah. that first half, like you said. Um I, I, there's a couple interesting stats that I want to mention. Argentina before today was 39 wins, five draws, and two losses after scoring first in a World Cup game. Wow! And the last time that they lost a World Cup game after leading at halftime was 1930, which was the very first World Cup. Jeez. Which that is really, really, really crazy. That's insane. Um, yeah, I, I mean. Saudis did a good job. The Saudis did a good job about the offside trap because yeah. it worked. It was like seven to one or ten to one. It ended up being the difference yeah. on outside
1: ten to one.
0: And like you said, it frustrated Argentina. and I thought they got pretty undisciplined the second mm-hmm. half yeah. um, from what they were doing in the first half. I thought their midfielders played really well today, but it was not the same in the second half. Once they got really like irked out, mm-hmm. I thought. They lacked some quality in the final third in the second half, um, in some key moments. But also, to be fair, Saudi Arabia's goalkeeper was just on a different level of humanity Dude, this yeah. morning. Like he played his socks off. So Yeah. Um between all that and then the inverse of that, I, I thought Emmy Martinez, the Argentina goalkeeper I've come around on the second goal. The second goal was really good. And I know he got a hand on it, and I've been saying earlier today that I wish he would have reacted a little bit, like a half second quicker, and maybe Mm -hmm. he could have like fully reached out and saved it. But it was a really, really good shot. I don't want to take away anything from the shot. I honestly thought he sucked on the first goal, that he has to save that. Yeah, that first goal is
1: unacceptable, really. Like, when you watch the replay of it, too, like the replay angle that they show, um, I mean, like, homeboy kicked the ball, like, into the ground and i think it, like as soon as he kicked it it got a little bit of air but then it just you know bit the dust and like yeah. it's going so slow at that point you're like how like how are you letting that in um yeah I, I i'm i'm still mixed on the second goal i think his positioning was a little off but to his credit i think there was like seven or eight bodies in the way
0: of yeah him. that too
1: so th- that's a frustrating goal to concede um and also getting a hand on it, it's got to be a little bit more frustrating as well. But yeah, I mean, all credit to Saudi Arabia, man. Like they played, they played a, like, they played a tough game. Like you look at these stats on paper, like, let me pull them up. So 15 to three was the shots and six to two was the shots on target. Um, So I mean, like, Right even there, off the bat, Saudi Arabia's got, you know, 100% conversion rate for their shots that are on target, which you have to do that in a game like that, you know? Like, the the chances that you get, you've got to convert that. And that's kind of relating this back to the opening game of Qatar versus Ecuador. That's where Qatar slipped up as well. Like, that chance at the end of the first half, they missed. And you can't miss that if you're trying to compete on this stage. Um, So Saudi Arabia did a very good job of that. Um, 70% possession to 30% favoring Argentina, obviously. Um, You know, that's ridiculous to keep that throughout the entire game. Um, Credit to Argentina, but you got to be more, more disciplined when you have the ball. Um, I think 12, 13 of their shots need to be on target. If you're taking 15 against a team like Saudi Arabia. Um, Right. 85% pass accuracy for Argentina, 68% for Saudi Arabia. Um, You know, credit to Argentina again for getting in there and disrupting those. You know, arguably some of those are probably bad passes as well. Um, This one's crazy. Seven fouls on Argentina, 21 on Saudi Arabia. Like, that is a dirty. Dirty game right there.
0: And so many of them were on Messi specifically. Right. Which happens so much. Like oh, that's yeah. not like a that's a one time thing. No, that happens yeah. all the time. It's like Polisic in a US game. Like he gets pounded every single time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Six yellows for Saudi Arabia, no yellows for Argentina. Um, then like we already mentioned ten offsides for Argentina to one for Saudi Arabia, nine corners for Argentina to two. Like on paper, Argentina should have won 8-0, you know, like, it's just an unlucky game. And I think that that, you know, we will talk about how this impacts Mexico later, but yeah, it's it's going to make, it, it makes this group God really interesting. God help
0: us all. It makes this group <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. I thought, for the most part, everybody that played for Argentina played well. I mean, Messi played really well. I thought LaTaro was really awesome today, even though he got caught offside so much. I do think Di Maria was kind of a bum today. Not, yeah. Not a lot of great moments for him. Um I thought he should have been subbed off, but I get why he isn't because he has seniority. Honestly thought uh Lisandro Martinez would have started over Otamendi, but that's just a personal preference thing. That's just me being super nitpicky at that point. Yeah,
1: sure. And I think that's obviously a veteran, you know, title for Otamendi. Um You know, you just got to have a solid back line uh, in your first game. I I think, yeah, Di Maria was unimpressive today, but at the same time, he was kind of... You know, Argentina typically drives their offense through him, um, which has always surprised me. You would think it'd be messy, um, but it's always Di Maria, and he's always... Like, their offense is always... Is he on the left?
0: Uh, I think he's playing on the right.
1: On the the right. That's like, I feel like, you know, watching the game, that's where everything originates from for Argentina. And so I think that that was something key that made this game not easy, but like made this game manageable for Saudi Arabia is like, you know where the attack's going to come from. You know, you need to stop that ball in, you know, that's the adjustment that they made in the second half. So, yeah, I agree. They should have changed things up with Di Maria. But, you know.
0: Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. I figure we breeze through this game, France and Australia. All credit to Australia on the first goal. I was really surprised that they scored first. Clayton came over and watched that game with me, and he was like, oh, I bet you Australia scores first. I was like, no shot, bro. And then literally five minutes later, they scored first. (laughs) So kudos to him uh, for calling that. But then yeah. France dom. I mean, France dominated the whole game. Like yeah. even before the goal, like they moved so well. They're so sharp mm-hmm. right now, um, and they just have better fitness right now than yeah. I feel like a lot of other teams that I've seen. Mind you, it is versus Australia, sure. but they just looked super, super fluid today. I thought yeah, Mbappe dude. was fantastic. I, th- I thought Giroud was fantastic. He finally scored goals mm-hmm. in a World Cup game. Kudos to him. He he tied a. Thierry Henry's record for all-time leading goal scorer for France today. Oh, yeah, he's got yeah. one more to break it. I, mean, I thought their their defense was good. I thought Youmani was fantastic in his first World Cup game. Like fantastic. Uh, Rabio, fantastic. It's a bummer that uh, Lucas Hernandez had to come off, but
1: mm-hmm. his brother
0: did good as his replacement. So, yeah. I don't know what other thoughts you have on that game, but
1: Yeah, I dominant. mean, not too many other thoughts It is kind of this is how the Argentina game should have gone. You know, we we know yeah. who's going to dominate this game. I thought Dembele was really good. Um, oh, he was amazing. Yeah, and then obviously I think Mbappe could have could have done better. He had some a couple missed chances, but he he did still did awesome nonetheless. Um, yeah, it was really great to see Giroud score. Um, Lloris, kind of concerning from him sometimes.
0: He has not been good, honestly, in a while. Like mm-hmm. he's just been okay at Tottenham. I think for the last like year and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, the goal. You know, I think the goal was great, but there was still some. I don't know. Like there was a couple. I think the the corner that Argentina or not Argentina that Australia had. Just watching him made me a little nervous. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it for that game.
0: Yep, Denmark, Tunisia. What an interesting game!
1: Dude, this game was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and it like it felt like sometimes it was kind of going to be like a, you know, kind of a drag. But then the second half got really exciting, even though nobody scored. Mm-hmm. I thought. Tunisia's game plan, their execution of their game plan was fantastic. They just frustrated the crap out of Denmark. They did not let them do what they wanted to do, even though Denmark had a lot of great moments. Um, both keepers had great saves. Like yeah. I said it on my Instagram earlier today. Tunisia is pretty underrated because they're so well organized in the way that they play. They don't have a, a lot of star talent, but they move really well as a unit, and I thought that was displayed really, really well today against a very nice Denmark side.
1: Yeah, dude. I agree. Um, yeah. Talking about this group last night really kind of got me excited for this game. Um, you see, I mean, I had no idea anything about Tunisia going into this game, but what, everything that you said is correct. Like, you know, watching the game and when they, when they flashed up the lineup in the very beginning, I'm like, I have no idea who any of these guys are. Um, and then you watch the game and they just work so well together and, they really stayed composed. You could tell the is there on the team. Um, it just really it just looked like great team football, and like you said, the keepers today, aside from martinez uh the keepers were all fantastic today, even I'll give credit to Australia's keeper, even though he he Matt Ryan, football. yes, but yeah, I mean, today was the day of the keepers, and it was a great day,
0: yeah. I I thought it was interesting the handball no calls towards the end of the second half in this game. Yeah. I thought that was something that the ref would even look at and he didn't really look at it. Um, a lot of standouts for, for Denmark, even though they were, you know, frustrated. Like mm-hmm. I said, Schmeichel was fantastic. I thought Ericsson was really well. I, I think Hoyberg was really, really great, one yeah. of the few bright spots. But then a lot of their guys, like their Brentford guys, were kind of just okay and um, just the finishing could have been a little bit better as best displayed by the one chance that they had, the one very clear-cut chance off that Christensen header, if you remember. And I can't remember who was the guy who was right by the post and and he barely tapped anywhere. Like, it didn't go anywhere, but he was like a yard away from the line. Like, he should have nailed that, and he didn't. And that was the clear cut chance of the game. That's, yeah. That should have won Denmark the game for yeah. sure.
1: That was a crazy one to watch on the replay, especially because when they when you slow it down, you see the Tunisian keeper like he's hesitant, like he's like a deer in headlights.
0: Yeah, and yeah. That's
1: when, you, like, as an attacking player, when you realize that the keeper has not risen up like an eagle to grab that ball, or at least like contest it, like you just gotta throw yourself at it. And like, even the Tunisian defenders were just standing there staring at it. Like I it was like, everybody was like, I don't know what to do with this. And so, yeah, yeah. That, that one should have been smashed through the back of the net. No questions about it. Um, Tunisia really got lucky with that one. Um, and back to the no call handball, especially with, obviously this is different referees, but like the amount of VAR that has been in this world cup so far, that's like, late overturning things, like, yeah, I mean, I was very surprised that they didn't take that one into, into a replay as well.
0: Which is weird because the ref in that game, in the Denmark game, is a Mexican ref that I've talked about previously on episodes with Clayton. He primarily refs, like, all the big, like, League MX games, and he is terrible terrible he's done a lot of bad things to my tigris mm-hmm. that's a little bit of bias but i also genuinely think he does not control match as well yeah and so for him to not really look at var today i don't know i there's a couple of things where i was like yep you're still not even in not a mexican league setting you're still not a good ref yeah but you know it is what it is yeah i want to Touch on that later about VAR and also how that relates to stoppage time because yeah. I'm sure you've noticed the large amounts of stoppage time we've had in oh the God, tournament so that. far. Yeah, yeah. So we can talk about that after we talk about this last game, which was Poland and Mexico.
1: <sighs> how are you feeling? How are you feeling?
0: Dude, I'm I feel the same way you did yesterday about the that's, U.S. That's what I thought you the would exact say. same way. Yeah, yeah it's like. Same sort of vibe, like we played so well the whole, like not even just the first half, the whole game. We played so well, they did not want possession at all, Mm-mm. like even less so than Wales, which is really surprising. Yeah, um, I mean, look, that team is literally just Lewandowski to be fair and and Chesney. Yeah, um, shout out to him, he had a really great game, he had it a couple nice awesome. saves. Yes, um, I was really really frustrated at a couple things that that did and didn't do. I thought Herrera, Hector Herrera today was abysmal and he should not have played slash he should have been subbed off for, uh, Andres Guardado and he was not subbed off for Guardado. He was subbed off for Charlie Rodriguez, which Mm -hmm. is fine, but I thought that that should have been a halftime, uh, switch, um, our lack of height and power and real goals, goal scoring threat at the striker position, I thought was exposed today. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is not a discount on Raul, but he just hasn't been the same since he had his head injury. And, like, he literally just got back to be healthy enough for the World Cup. Like, he's not played much at all for Wolves this year. And he didn't do anything good today. Like, there was one possession or one moment where he had the ball and he had a nice moment and he was getting surrounded by two or three defenders, but he had Lozano wide, wide open on the other side of the field, on the right side. So if you just chip it over them and you get it to Lozano, we score. He didn't do that. He just, like, got really selfish and took it himself. And that was really, really, really frustrating. Um, I thought our defense played really well today, though. Uh, Montes and uh, Moreno were, were fantastic. I thought our wingbacks were fantastic. I thought Lozano was awesome. Alexis Vega was, for his first World Cup game, I was very, very impressed, um, especially... Playing as a number ten in Liga MX for Chivas, which is where he's at right now, and might change that here pretty soon. But yeah. I think if he continues to do that for the next two games and hopefully beyond that, he is for sure going to be in Europe sooner than later and hopefully by the summer. He definitely has the talent. Um, and I think he displayed that really well today. Had a lot of nice just like link up play and passes and you know, his work rate I thought was really good. I didn't love some of the other subs. I thought Antunio was meh today um, yeah. in the little moments that he had. Yeah. Um, but the big moment, obviously, is the penalty. And I will say, I don't I don't think that's a penalty, first of all, because Moreno yeah. and Lewandowski were fighting really hard for it. I think I understand why they called it. It's because of the last shirt tug from uh, Hector Moreno. Um, yeah. I think that's why VAR was like, hey, you should look at it. Mm-hmm. And so from that perspective, I get it. But if it it was just that, I would be more okay with it. But the fact that they're both coming off of just fighting each other, and Moreno's already going on the ground. Like, yeah. that really, in the moment, I was like, that's a horrible, horrible call. Yeah. And so I was already like, well, this is how we're going to lose this game, off this horrible call, yeah. off this horrible VAR thing. And then Memo shows up. No Memo, no party, baby. Yeah. Like... This guy has played in five World Cups. Well, he's played in three. He's been to five World Cups, including That's this crazy. one.
1: That's a crazy. He's thing.
0: unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Like he, yeah, he He's is. ancient as heck, and he hasn't played in Europe in like three years. The last time he played was in 2019 when he played in Belgium, and then he's just been back in the Mexican League since then. He's been back in America, but he's been their starter the whole time, so at least he's had consistent playing time. He's unbelievable, man. He had a couple other nice moments, too. He didn't have to do much besides the penalty, honestly, because let's be real, Poland didn't have a lot of chances. Yeah. But just to get that right and to really, like, spearhead us into the end of the game and to try to finish strong, fantastic. I I don't know what else to say other than that. He's – the World Cup is, like, his place. Like, he is inevitable in the World Cup. And this is definitely his last one because he's so old. Um, I say that and our backup to him is like 41, so maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? He might play in 2026. 20, he might be the backup. But I thought he was incredible today um, in the few moments that obviously he had to deal with.
1: Yeah, dude. I think that's that sums it up for you guys today. Like, You know going forward, Ochoa's back. He's here. Um, I think that's a huge comforting thing to to have on your side. Yeah, I think you're also right. The... The back four did really well. Um, that penalty, I don't think, was a penalty either. In um, watching replays of that, you, you can see Lewandowski, like, literally, like, both arms fully extended pushing on Moreno. And it's just, like, you, you can't call – I don't know. It's just if, – if Lewandowski had even been, like, maybe just one arm pushing and, like, not fully extended, like, going – like, looking toward the ball – you know, I could see that being a pen, but like they were straight up arm wrestling for that. And so I don't think that there's grounds to especially overturn the like you didn't call it on the field. If he had called it and then like then you want to take a second look just to make sure um, I I like that, you know. Um, yeah. But especially since they didn't call it, you know, in the in the middle of the play, I, I just I don't I didn't think enough was there. It was really shocking to me. Um Chesney also looked amazing had a couple really good saves um it was It was really fun to watch It was really fun to watch all the keepers do do so well today um yeah,
0: I thought Matty Cash for Poland was really great too, and I know he like just got to the team because he switched to allegiances. I can't remember if he was playing or committed to England or to Wales, but he just switched over to the, the Poland team, and I thought he had a nice day um. Yeah. Really put in a nice shift. That's the one standout for Poland, aside from Szczesny. Yeah, because um, really Lewandowski didn't do a lot. Yeah, he to be didn't. Honest with you, and he, their counterattack wasn't that good today.
1: To be yeah, honest, it really wasn't. Lewandowski honestly r- reminded me kind of a lot of Bale um, yesterday. Um, you know, like he shows up in his couple lo- in his couple moments, but I mean, aside from that, you can't really. Like, the World Cup's not really a place you can rely on one star to, to pull your team forward, you know. And that's why, like, going back again to Tunisia, that's why they're going to do so well, at least in the group stage, you know, because they yeah they understand that and they, they've got a good chemistry and they've got a good team function. Um, so we'll see how Poland can pull it together. But, yeah, I agree. Matty Cash looked really, really good today. He looked like, aside from Lewandowski, like he was one of the only other Poles that was really trying to, like, create something. Um, I I think he sort of did get a little frustrated by that. Um, You get to sort of see some moments when things would pitter out um, just due to the lack of support and stuff like that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I thought... I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the biggest takeaway from this is that I think Poland's a lot weaker than people thought. And this is what I thought going into this game. Me too. Yeah. Like, they... Especially, it is now a good time to talk about the overall stage, the overall state of Group C. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, with Argentina at the bottom now, um, and Saudi Arabia sitting at the top, it's going to be interesting because you have this situation in which you don't know how Argentina is going to bounce back, right? Like, you don't know how, you don't know what's going on. With that. So it's really going to be on Mexico and Poland to sort of make that push now that they have the chance. Like they're beating out Argentina right now. They've got one point, Argentina doesn't. So I think going forward, you know, it looks a lot better for you guys. And it looks very scary for Argentina, honestly, because even if they turn things around, say Saudi Arabia ties both of you guys and Argentina can't pick up a second win. Like, it's a very – like, not to overreact or anything because they still have the GOAT, but, I mean, it's very scary for Argentina right now.
0: I think for, for Mexico, I think the best-case scenario – and I was reading something on Twitter today that – which I hadn't even thought about. The last, like, four or five times we've been around in the World Cup – In the group stage, we've always won a game, tied a game, and lost a game. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so now we've got our tie out of the way. Yeah. So maybe this is the game we lose on Saturday against Argentina, and then maybe we win against the Saudis. But also, the Saudis and Poland have to tie. Like, that. for Mexico to have any chance, I feel like that has to happen. Like, they have to tie regardless. Um, Or maybe Poland wins. Poland... Poland winning, yeah. Poland win, winning would be better. The Saudis can't win. Yeah,
1: the like no, Saudis Saturday. can't win because then they're they
0: Yeah, they basically win the group. Yeah. at that point, and then it's like a bloodbath on the final day. Yeah, and I don't want to deal with that, that stress. So and I don't think anybody wants to deal with that stress. So best case scenario is that both games are draws yeah and then we beat the Saudis and then Argentina beats Poland because I think our, looking at how Poland played today Argentina should steamroll them like honestly should steamroll them yeah but who knows maybe Lewandowski will be up for it more now that he's you know on the same field as yeah uh, messy um, but who knows I don't know how we're gonna play Saturday I don't know what the, the vibe is going to be for game plan if we're going to like park the bus because mm-hmm. I definitely feel like that is a possibility. We always have a game where we have to do that. In 2018, we had to do that against Germany. In 2014, we had to do that against Brazil in the second game. Mm-hmm. of The group saves, the, the big memo game where he yeah. had the crazy, crazy saves, yeah. especially the big one on Neymar. I think that might be the vibe again. And I know Messi has always played well against Mexico. Mm -hmm. Historically, has always produced numbers and has always played really well against us. So I'm I'm scared for that. And they're gonna play like ticked off, one hundred percent. And so that like that aspect of it really frightens me. Um, Yeah. So, oh boy, fingers crossed that we can can figure it all out. I I I really don't know how to feel about the Saudis, man. Like. Obviously, something's there to where it could work, and they could be the team that gets out. But I don't know. They're, they're also the 50th-ranked team in FIFA for a reason, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I have no idea what to think of that. I, I I would not be surprised if Poland ends up finishing fourth at the end of the day because I, I look at how they played today. I'm like, how are they going to improve on that yeah. against a Saudi team that's amped up after beating Argentina oh, yeah. and then having to play Argentina on the last group stage game? No way. Yeah. No way.
1: Yeah, with that being said, I think that it looks the most optimistic for you guys with the current track of things. Um, You know, like Poland now has to play the team that just upset Argentina, which, again, coming off of the result that they just had today against you guys, like you said, is I, you know, not trying to get too crazy here, but I could see Saudi Arabia beating them um with the way that, that their keeper played today yeah i think that i think that their defense looks solid today they clearly demonstrated like that their coach is involved and that their coach has actual tactics that is going to be able to impact the game like yeah he's
0: apparently off. been around forever i was reading really? that he like is a very experienced coach and is like had success with teams keep talking about i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do some more research and kind of explain yeah that that
1: would make sense because i mean in videos that i was that i was watching about this game it's like they you know that's they recognize that the threats from Di maria they're they're keeping that high line and then in the second half after they get those early goals when they have something to protect that's when they started dropping the back line back so that all of that space that where Di Maria was trying to deliver to that was the cause of all the offsides in the first half, like all of that dissipated because Saudi Arabia is dropping their line back. There's no, there's no space for anybody to run in. Um, and, you know, as the game just continues to run, the Argentina keeps continuing to get desperate and that, you know, I can definitely see them being a frustrating team in the, in the, remain, in the remainder of this group stage. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about I'm pretty pumped about this this game now that I'm talking about it. It's Poland Saudi Arabia yeah. game. I'm, I'm excited.
0: So this Saudi Arabia coach's name is Herv Renard. He's a French guy, and he has had success, specifically in Africa. He managed Zambia in 2012 and Ivory Coast in 2015 to winning the Afcon, the Africa Cup of Nations. That was a good team,
1: Ivory Coast.
0: Yeah. That's and the he's, team that
1: dominates on FIFA. He,
0: yeah, literally. Literally. Uh and he had a spell at Lille, he had a spell in Morocco. I'm trying to see how he did in Morocco. Um oh he he had them qualified for the World Cup last time. Yeah. I mean this guy has had success. He's a proven coach on a national team stage, so That's awesome for them. They're not a fluke in that regard. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's just a random no name. You know, yeah. like he, he's he's a former player too, from what I understand. So I think that helps. Group D, I mean, I I don't think nothing has changed on that regard, even after the way Tunisia played today. I still think it's Denmark's spot to lose for a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? France is gonna, you know, steamroll yeah. every game. They, they might you know, have a difficult game versus Denmark, but they look amazing. So I, I don't have any other thoughts on Group D. No, and if you, that's if you pretty good. And dry. That's why. I
1: had, I had the Socceroos in third because I knew nothing about Tunisia, but I'm eating my words on that. Tunisia's a great team.
0: Yeah, Aaron Moy. Yeah, the legend of Argentina or not Argentina of Australia. I've been mixing up Argentina <laughs> and Australia today multiple times. Let's talk about this extra time bit real quick. And then I want to end by glancing over the four games of tomorrow. I was piecing together based on some articles and some tweets and stuff that they're trying to like compensate and make like the extra time, like more like accurate from what I understand or more like realistic to how the game actually is flowing and what stoppages are actually happening. And also that they're trying to reduce time wasting. I don't know. It's a whole different set of reasons for that. From that perspective.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, man. Like, it feels like a lot. The Mexico game, there was not a lot. I will say that was definitely the least amount of stoppage time. But do you feel... what? How do you feel about all this extra time that we've had since day one? Um,
1: You know, it's... I've conflicted feelings about it because I feel like I appreciate that it's more realistic to the actual stoppages that are occurring. Um, I think that, I don't know, I don't know if the goal is to like prevent time wasting or if that's a goal of it. I just feel like there's a point where it gets a little bit excessive Like, yeah, I feel like and especially with the rules of like when a ref can call it like they can they can continue it past the allotted stoppage time Um, with with that sort of rule. And like already standing, I feel like you don't really need to make all these efforts to have like 12, 14 minutes of stoppage time. Um, I feel like you can just call it seven or eight. And then, you know, let the game run a little bit longer if it needs to be. But, I don't know, it's just, I feel like it gets a little bit taxing on the players at some point. Like, they've just played 45 minutes and they look up and there's, oh, there's 17 minutes of stoppage time. Like, that's a half of a half right there.
0: And some of it is warranted. Like, I look back to the, what was the, the keeper we were talking about this morning in the group chat that got a concussion? Oh,
1: the cover keeper, the guitar keeper,
0: right? No, not the guitar keeper, the Iran keeper. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Like, there's things like that. There's been a lot of, like, concussion and, -hmm. like, injury, like, tending to injuries. So I think a lot of it has to do with that. Yeah. But even today, I think the the stoppage time in in the Mexico game, like, in the second half, I thought – five minutes at the end of the game? What happened? And like that constituted needing five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the USA game yesterday, it was excessive. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with that. Yeah. Or if they're trying to accomplish anything at all, maybe they're just doing it to make everybody mad. You know? Yeah. I can't. Um, tell. Here's
1: a, this is a tweet that I just saw and it was, it was on November 21st. Um. So a couple today's matches hadn't been played and i think it was even before or no yeah it has some from yesterday but it england iran first half was 14 minutes and 8 seconds and then england iran second half was 13 minutes and 8 seconds so right there they've played 120 minutes like obviously and this is stoppage time because they're not actually playing in those halves mm-hmm. but like they're still on the field and they're still like i don't Some of that stoppage time, there's just no way that it's all from those injuries, you know? And whenever it gets picked up in other places, like, I don't think the game is fully stopped. You know, it's a couple seconds here, a couple seconds there. But aside from the injuries, I don't think the game really stops for more than one minute, maybe two. Um, Yeah. And then USA Wales' second half was 10 minutes, 30 seconds. Senegal, Netherlands' second half was 10 minutes, 3 seconds. And that, actually, this tweet says the four single halves with the most stoppage time um on record since 1966 in a single world world cup match have all been on November 21st so jeez it's yeah.
0: crazy yeah what i wonder how that continues going into the rest of the group stage and maybe i wonder if that even decreases as the tournament goes on like will this be a thing in the knockout round as well because not. like they're already going to have to play like in some instances extra time yeah like normal extra time like 120 minutes legitimately yeah you don't want games to end up being like you know uh 160 yeah. minutes <laughs> yeah exactly like what's the point like soccer is not supposed not sorry, football, is supposed to be not a long sport, like some of the other sports that are
1: popular, you know what I mean? Yeah, 90 Um, minutes with a 15-minute half. Exactly.
0: I noticed that, like, watching some of the Fox broadcasts, I was like, oh, it's, like, 9.06. Like, this game started at 7 this morning. Mm -hmm. It ended at 9.06. It was supposed to be done a little before 9. Yeah. Like, little things like that, like, really got me, like, thinking about it even today like like how like like why are we consistently getting to this point three days in but yeah i don't know i don't know what the deal is
1: i think that that's hopefully something that could decrease especially once we get to the knockout rounds i feel like if anything this is just sort of a group stage thing um just because i mean these games have also been dramatic too so Uh, Well, some of them have, but yeah, Yeah. I definitely think that the the stoppage time was unnecessary in the England Iran game, especially in the second half. Like when the game's over, it's like, we don't need to play 10 minutes.
0: Just play two and call it a day. Maybe not even two. Yeah. Just call it, man. I will say interesting that last world cup, we had one zero zero draw and today we had two. So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting stat for you. Okay, right. let's uh, let's go to tomorrow's slate, which is really interesting. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to all four of these games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's start with the, the early, early game, the 4 a.m. game for us. Morocco versus Croatia. Croatia, obviously, the runners-up of last year's World Cup, and Morocco has always been a really solid team, one of those very, like, you know, kind of annoying, pesky teams from Africa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What what do you think about that matchup?
1: Uh, I think it's huge for Croatia. I mean, they've got to get three points here if they want to win the group or even get, get out of the group, obviously. Um, I think it's a great draw for them as the first game because that means that Belgium and Canada are playing each other, and someone's going to drop points. Um, yeah. Or they're both going to drop points. Um, so... And I'm also intrigued to see how Morocco does. They're another team like Tunisia where I don't really know anything about them. So I'm interested to watch how that game goes. Um, yeah, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. I think croatia has got to win because like I said, I really think Canada has a shot.
1: Yeah. So,
0: and I want to talk about Canada when we get to them. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like they have to, you know, really lean on their experience and not be like a fluke, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have so many guys who are old and have been through it, done this, done that, a Ballon d'Or winner in in Modric, in midfield. They got to take advantage. I really don't know a lot about this Morocco team, to be honest with you. I know less about them than I do Tunisia because I haven't watched them play. I think Ziyech is on this team, though, Hakim Ziyech from Chelsea. That's, like, the one guy that I think I remember that is around. And he's, you know... He's going to have his moments, hopefully, to to impact the game. So that that's a name to watch out for.
1: Yeah, they've got just looking up their lineup real quick. Ziyech um, Hakimi. On is he still? In yeah, field?
0: I've, yep. Hakimi. Duh, that's the other big name.
1: Okay, yeah. And then I recognize their goalkeeper, Yasine Bounou. I probably butchered that name. Um, I don't know if you recognize that name.
0: Uh, who does he play? Who he play for? I feel like I'm on inside the NBA when they make fun of Shaq. <laughs> who he play for? Uh, Sevilla. Oh, I... uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes.
1: Okay. He's a goalkeeper.
0: Um, yeah, that makes sense. I remember it now.
1: I don't recognize any of these other names. Let me see if there's a jersey I recognize. There's a guy from Toulouse. Abu Khalal, Maybe? Zakaria?
0: Oh, yeah. I think that's right. I think that's his name.
1: Oh, dude. They've got a midfielder that I was actually scouting on FIFA 22, like literally last week. <laughs> his name is Ilias Chair. Plays for QPR. Oh, okay. He's 5'2", okay. 117 pounds.
0: Holy moly. Yeah. I hope he starts tomorrow. I think that's that would be really funny to see. Him.
1: <laughs> wait, <laughs> this is like, five six. That's got to be. There's no way he's five two. No way. Yeah, surely not.
0: That would. That's like that's shorter than both of us. Yeah. We're not very tall human beings. I'm you not, and me. Wait, sadly.
1: Oh my gosh! Look this up for yourself. It does. When I look up just Ilias chair, it's I L I A S chair height. Okay. It comes up with five two. 158 centimeters?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing 5'2 as well. Man. I got to look at, like, a highlight video and, like, see, like, how he is around, like, other players. Yeah. He
1: plays he plays Cam. I don't know. if Let me see how old he is. That'll probably tell us if he's going to start or not. He's 25. There's a chance. Okay. Um, Interesting. I think that's about the only names that I recognize from this team, so... I'm very intrigued to see how they do. He
0: doesn't look that short, yeah, compared to other players. Surely, at least in this video that I'm he's not
1: five two, right? Like, yeah, he no doesn't look five
0: two. He doesn't. He really doesn't.
1: I see another thing that I'm looking at says five six. So I think that's a lot more likely. Yeah, which is still let's very just difficult. say
0: he. Let's just say he's five four and call it a day. Yeah,
1: I, I like that. Like, just
0: split the difference. <laughs> um, looking ahead to the game after that, Germany-Japan. Germany, Japan. Germany I, I think, should dominate this game because it's Germany. And they have a lot of really, really solid players. They have fantastic midfield options. Mm-hmm. And Hansi Flick is a very good coach. But I know Japan is not somebody that we should just brush off yes. either. Um, they always really are up for World Cup games. Um and they always seem to do well. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean this was a group that I struggled with. It's my it was my group to watch that I sent you. And right. It's I I don't want to overreact so far as to say Spain or Germany is not going to get out of the group. But I don't know. The Japan and Costa Rica honestly I just have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see something very interesting from one of these two teams or both teams. Um, Obviously Japan, I mean, uh, Germany is the more weathered team. They have the more experienced players in this situation. So I I don't anticipate seeing anything crazy tomorrow at least. Um, But I don't know, man. I think – I think they're going to be a shifty little team out there, and it could be a tighter game than at least people are giving them credit for, definitely.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think Germany, they don't have a huge wealth of attacking options.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they do. Like, they have Lou Reissane and Serge Gnabry and Muller and Kai Havertz. But Timo Werner is a guy who's always done really well in the national team stage, and I think he's a bigger loss than I think I've been realizing.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: like... Kai, for example, has to play really well in this tournament. Genabbri has to play really well yeah. um, Leroy, you know all those guys have to step up and be yeah. able to contribute in their own ways, but they're so good in the other parts of the field. Their defense is very interesting though it's uh, it's not the same defense that we know from Germany, right not the same like names, so I'm curious to see how they work as a unit tomorrow um and throughout this group stage yeah Spain, Costa Rica, you just kind of touched on it. I'll let you start. Um
1: yeah, man. Let me look up let me pull up the lineups real quick. Yeah, I mean, the Spain team's really young and so I'm excited to see how they do. Um you know, like I said, Costa Rica's they're gonna be a shifty little team, I think. So I think it's still gonna be tight, but I think this game is gonna be very telling for how Spain moves forward. Um, just seeing how their pieces together and how they handle this stage um, I don't think that I, th- I think they're going to take this game Spain will um, but yeah I mean it's going to be interesting I really am interested to see um, do we know we don't know starting lineups yet right
0: no we won't know till an hour before
1: okay do you think I, this is my my lack of European knowledge um, is showing a little bit but like is Pedri and Fati are they going to be starting
0: Pedri 1,000% should, and I feel like Vati should, because they have a, a interesting pool of forwards, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I can't remember off the top of my head who all they yeah, have. Yeah, they've got
1: Torres, Morata, Asensio. Okay. Nico Williams. Yeah. Too.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like he has to, but I know he hasn't been fully fit the whole year and you know has been kind of trying to get back to his peak form. Mm-hmm. Pedri should 100%. I think it'll be Pedri. I would imagine Busquets will probably start. Yeah. And probably, probably Gavi. Yeah. It's probably the Barcelona <laughs> midfield. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, their goalkeeper room is very interesting to me um, with Unai Simone being their number one mm-hmm. and not having De Gea at all on the roster is very intriguing to me. So I, I wonder how he performs as the number one guy.
1: Yeah. Um, this defense, too, you can sort of see it transitioning away from similar to similar to Germany um transitioning yeah. away from the familiar names yeah um which is gonna be interesting. I think it's uh, this is a great year for them uh with all that insight um you get to see what you got, yeah, yeah,
0: they're gonna be a crazy good team in four years, yeah, definitely
1: like, not so,
0: so team to watch out for yeah. I don't know anything about this Costa Rica team other than Kaylor Navas, to be honest with you, so I did not watch them in their playoff. I wanted to. I wanted to watch them whenever they qualified, but I would never got a chance to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly I don't either. Um, yeah, so, I mean yeah. looking at this now, I don't know. Keylor Navas is probably going to be having to carry them.
0: Um, I think they have a a decent amount of MLS guys. Yeah, Joel correctly. Campbell. I don't
1: know if he's MLS, but Joel Campbell, Brian Ruiz. I know those ah, two. Joel
0: Campbell, bro. Gosh. That dude has stayed in the Mexican League forever. He may not be in Mexican League now, but he was at Leon. Yeah. Not too long ago.
1: Yeah, he's still Leon.
0: That guy's cracked in FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> like anytime I would play as Tigres, like when I do seasons. And I'd play Leon. It's like this dude is like ridiculously fast. Like, what is happening right now? So
1: Um interesting little stat there. They've got a Sunderland player on their team. That's crazy. Oh,
0: really? Okay.
1: Jewison Bennett. Okay. Did nine matches for Sunderland scored one goal. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's really the names I really recognize are more so in the forwards and obviously Navas. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Spain should take this one easily, and if they don't, that's concerning. But yeah, foresee a I problem agree. there.
0: Yeah, okay. the The big one tomorrow: Belgium, Canada.
1: Yeah, man, I'll let you take this one first.
0: Yeah, man. Again, I, I'm riding hard on Canada, and it's not just because I got family up there. out so of my uncle and my aunt, and my cousins. I really, I really think they have a, a good shot. They have nothing to lose to me. Like they should go into this tournament and right. just feel like, all right, let's just do what we can and let's like make the best of it. Not have like super, super high expectations because I also think similarly to the U S like they need to be building for playing on their home soil in four years, yeah, Like playing world cup on their home soil. So they should just not give a, Hey, you know, like, play as if they have nothing to lose because all the pressure to me should be on Belgium because Belgium has to perform. This is, I think the last iteration of the golden generation team. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be way different in four years. Belgium should win. They should. They're more talented. They have way more experience, but their lack of forwards really concerns me. I know we kind of touched on it last night, but it, it really concerns me not having Lukaku there we know Hazard has not been at his full best. Mm-hmm. KDB's going to have to really, really carry. And I don't know if that's sustainable. And I think this is probably a coming out party also for Jonathan David of Canada. Yeah, um, I really, really like how he plays. I really, really like what he does anytime I see him for them and when he plays for his club in France, for Lille. Um, and Kyle Aaron same way. He's been fantastic since he left MLS. And obviously, Fonzie is Fonzie. So they have a, a older kind of roster where like they don't play in like really, really big leagues, but they're like veteran experienced guys. I think that will help them too, even though they've never played a world cup game.
1: Yeah, I agree hundred um, percent. From what I'm seeing, I think Canada, I'm reading this article right now. It says Canada, it's like a lineup prediction that says they're probably going to throw out three center backs. Um, like run three in the back, maybe of some, Wing backs. Um, I think that that sort of play could be dangerous for Belgium, um, mm-hmm. especially with that lack of attack. Like anything that gets into Canada's backline is just instantly going to be launched into a counterattack. And I think that you're right. Like they've got to be playing, you know, with without a care, and they've got to be going for it because I think that this is a game that they can take. Like maybe. I think Croatia is going to be tough for them just because of that experience and they're more healthy than than Belgium is obviously with Lukaku being out for them. I think Croatia is going to be a little bit more deadly. Um, but, yeah, I mean I think that this is this is ideal for Canada, so I mean and I was I was saying it yesterday like Belgium really concerns me. Um I I don't know. I just don't see them being definitely near threatening as they have been recently um I think that there's their younger guys that they do have are going to also need to step up like I don't know I don't know if Teeley Mons is gonna he should start right but
0: I hope he does he's been in good form lately
1: yeah like I think he's gonna need to be somebody that KDB can play off of in the middle there with him um how's how's Merton's form been
0: I know he left. Um, he left Napoli. Yeah, he's so a great I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't gotten to read. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I think. I'm just trying to think of who else is going to be doing st- something up at the top because, like, obviously, like Eden Hazard's there, but I don't know. He's definitely fallen off. Yeah, the it's face not the, the same game. with him. No. Yeah. So and he, oh, the one saving
0: grace for them will be Courtois. Yes, like one hundred percent, because that dude is just insane. Has yeah. just been on a tear this year. So yeah. would not be surprised if he if it ends up being like a nil nil draw because mm-hmm. Canada can or Belgium can't score because of their lack of forward options or because Canada does a good job of like making things compact. But also, if Canada doesn't score, it's probably because Courtois is blocking every shot. You know yeah. what I mean? exactly
1: i didn't know this but hazard's 31
0: yeah yeah He's... which is old for for footy
1: for too.
0: yeah yeah absolutely but yeah. like we talked about yesterday like his time in uh his time in madrid has been a real bummer yeah real real bummer and part of that a lot of it is because of injury, but also yeah, which is unfortunate. Ancelotti, yeah, Ancelotti has not been giving him a lot of play time when he's healthy either. Yeah. so there's that aspect to it, I believe. So I need to look at the rest of their roster, um, Belgium, because now I'm I'm the same way as you. I'm curious where they're going to get production from. Like, yeah,
1: in I mean, all parts of the field. Yeah, another forward is Leandro Trossard. For the Brighton guy.
0: Okay, th- here we go. So th- that's a game changer for me. That's a guy who could really, really make things happen. He's been in amazing oh, okay. form Yeah, for matches, Brighton.
1: Nine goal involvements, seven goals, two assists.
0: Had a hat trick at Anfield against my team, and he was fantastic yeah. in that game, in their first game with their new manager Okay. Uh, at Brighton. Yeah, I, that's a guy who could really shake things up because he's yeah. in such hot form right now um, and hasn't really excelled. Yeah on the national team stage this might be his coming out party yeah
1: on that regard yeah and then they've got another real young gun uh i don't know how to say his name because he's got a little umlaut but lois openda um he plays oh yeah yeah yeah. for lens yeah 22 um 15 matches seven goals
0: Oh right, their defense is old guys.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's dude. like it's dude, literally Vertonghen and, and
0: Alderwheel. They're yeah. still they're still running the show. Good grief. And <laughs> Munier, <laughs> Holy moly.
1: Yeah. They dude. still have
0: Axel Witzel. He's still productive to some degree. I guess Batu is gonna have to do stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: That's what I was thinking. Um Thorgan's old too, right? Oh, he's only twenty nine.
0: Hazard? Yeah. No, he's not a no, sold. Yeah. Not a sold. Yeah. Doku we... could be interesting. Jeremy Doku. Yeah. He could be He could be a guy that causes havoc because he's had a, an interesting time. I bo- I think he's at Leicester, if I remember correctly. No, um, no no no. He's... He plays for for Rennes. Um yeah. But he he's a very interesting little prospect. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they've got some they've got some pieces. That'll be interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. I think that's a good good place to stop, yeah? Yeah. I feel like we've kind of touched all that we need to touch on.
1: All the immediate um, happenings, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming on again, my dude. This is always super fun. Of course. Uh, two days in a row. There's never been anybody who's been on the show two days in a row. Hey. So there's a, there's a first in that regard. <laughs> Listener, thanks for being here. Thanks for... Sticking with us throughout this World Cup um, extravaganza, if you like what you heard, leave five star ra- that five star rating, and five star review on Apple, Spotify, all the places. Be sure to give the two of us a follow on social media. All our handles are in the bio. All the links for my music and all the other fun stuff is in the bio as well. Be sure to follow the pod at Dennis and Prince Pod on Instagram for uh, more World Cup content and uh, email the pod at gmail.com. if you have any questions or concerns or anything or I don't know anything you want to say email there or just DM the Instagram um, we'll be back later this week at some point um, whether that's with Dawson again or with you know any of the people I mentioned last night but there will be another episode coming to you guys in the very near future but until then be good and do good Mr. Maxwell please sign us out
1: peace y'all